page 320, I mean, we turned over to page 328, but we started on page 327, where the Rebbe now, having explained to us that our Aveda affects Atzmus, now the Rebbe is going to explain what Aveda is. And as we said, the next step is, okay, now I know what it is, so how do I do it? How do I do that? But first, what it is. So the first thing the Rebbe told us is, Reishis Aveda Bikar Vesharsha, the basis of Aveda is Yira. Awe, which is in a Veda, Kabbalah soul commitment. Amen. Now, let's start from the last word on the first line, which we saw quickly yesterday, but it's just such an important thing. What does Kabbalah soul mean? Hainu, Shalom Reis, despite the fact, second line, first word, 328. Hey, his being, He's in a situation where he hasn't changed himself. Ritsoyne, his desire. Sichla, his intellect. Midoisa, his emotional state. His emotional attributes. He hasn't made himself over. And he's standing in his desires. Why certain lines are put in Yiddish? The whole mimer was said in Yiddish, of course. Any mimer that we have, they're all translations from Yiddish. The mimer was said in Yiddish. Why my mimer printed in Lashna Kedish, whereas Sikhs generally are printed in the original Yiddish? Interesting question. Someone once asked me that question. I didn't know the answer. It just happened to be that I was supposed to call Rabbi Groner immediately after the class. It was a class in my house. And, and immediately after the class, I was supposed to call Rabbi Groner about something. So I called Rabbi Groner immediately after the class, and the kid, the people who were in the class were still sitting around the table. And I asked him the question right away. I said, you know, someone asked me some question. What do, you, what do you think the answer is? He said, I don't know, but I think. He said, I've always understood as follows. The Maimer is Torah Bechsav. The Maimer is the written lines. When the Rebbe says a Maimer, so we know that the Rebbe closes his eyes. Rebbe wraps a handkerchief around his hand, and he explained that was in order to maintain a connection to physical reality while he's saying the Maimer. The Rebbe's not looking around. You know, the famous story in Yutes Kislev, Tavshin Lamed Ches, after the Rebbe had the heart attack, so so the doctor didn't want the Rebbe to forbring on Yutes Kislev because he had been under care until he didn't. He was in in under intensive care for quite a while and stayed in 770 until Rosh Chodesh Kislev two three weeks before. Only went home a few weeks before, and forbring is pretty strenuous. They didn't want the Rebbe to forbring, so the the Rebbe argued with them. It's an interesting argument. I mean, obviously I wasn't there, but we heard what the argument was, that the doctor said the, the Rebbe can't forbring. The Rebbe said, I have to forbring. So the, the doctor said the Rebbe's physical health is our responsibility. The Rebbe said the, the spiritual health of the Hasidim is my responsibility. I'm forbringing. So they said, okay. Now they realized they weren't going to win this argument. So they said, okay, on one condition. And the Rebbe said, okay, what's the condition? They hooked the Rebbe up to an ECG. So they could monitor the Rebbe's heartbeat while he was forbringing. So the Rebbe's heartbeat was irregular because it had gone through what it had gone through and it hadn't returned back to a, to a healthy heartbeat. Right? So the doctor, Dr. Weiss, who was the cardiologist from Chicago, was taking care of the Rebbe. So he was there monitoring the Rebbe's heartbeat during the, during the Febrengen. And the Rebbe's heartbeat was normally abnormal, the whole Febrengen, except when the Rebbe said the mimer. When the Rebbe said the mimer, it was perfectly healthy. When the Rebbe finished the Mimer, it went back to its abnormal heartbeat again. Meaning there were certain abnormalities just because it had been injured by the, by the heart attack. 
there was a story. I remember the first time I heard the story, and the first time most people heard the story way back was that it went blank, which is not true. Now, that was the story, that it just went straight across the whole mimer, and then it started beating again. So that's not true. <laughs> it's a better story, but it's not true. Right? Well, Dr. Weiss, the one who said, no, no, he had, he had heard that story, and he said, no, that's not what happened, but it was perfect. It was a perfect heartbeat during that. So a mimer, the Rebbe, is somewhere else. Right? It's in just a, a, a different sort of place. And he says the mimer in Yiddish. Now, the Tarsha Bechsav, meaning that which comes from above, so to speak, so that's written in Lashna Kedish. Kaddish Baruch who wrote the Torah in Lashna Kedish, whereas Tarsha Balpeh, the oral Torah, is written in the vernacular, Aramaic, which you spoke. <coughs> so Tarsha Balpeh, Sikhas, explaining things based on Chsidis, so that's written in, that's, it was said in Yiddish, but it's also written in Yiddish most of the time. That was Rabbi Gordon's explanation. Whether that's the reason, I don't know, but that was how we under, always understood it. In terms of understanding what a mimer is, so once the Rebbe Shab was saying a mimer, and there were, after, you know, when the Rebbeim used to say a mimer, so there were people who called the Chayzim. The Chayzim were the people who wrote down afterwards what the Rebbe said. So they would sit and they'd listen, they had good memories, and then they'd write it all down. So <clears throat> now that was easier in the days of recordings, obviously, when the, when the Rebbe, when our Rebbe, or the previous Rebbe, for bring. During the week, it could be recorded. Right? Obviously, on Shabbos, not. So, um, this actually was said on Shabbos, this, this minor. So, it's not, it was never recorded. It was written down from people's memories. So, um, it, the Rebbe Shab said a mimer, and when he got back the transcript of what he had said, he noticed that two of the things that he said were written slightly differently. And what was it? It was two psukim. He had quoted two psukim, but he didn't exactly quote the pasuk. He, like, quoted the Pasuk close to what the Pasuk said, but not exactly what the Pasuk says. So when they wrote it, they just edited that to quote the actual Pasuk, as it appears in Tanakh, whatever the Pesukim were. The actual verse as it appears in Tanakh. So the Rebbe Shab looked at it, and he said, but I didn't say that. So they said to the Rebbe, yeah, but that's what the Pasuk says. You know, we, we just changed it to the, what the Rebbe said was close to the Pasuk. We just changed it to what the Pasuk actually says, the, the words in, in Tanakh. So the Rebbe said, the Rebbe Shav said, and this is where we get our understanding of what a Maimur Chassidus is, the Rebbe said, that's not what I heard in Gan Eden. Write what I wrote. Write what I said. That's not what I heard in Gan Eden. Meaning, what am I saying to you when I'm saying a Maimur? I'm saying what I'm hearing in Gan Eden. I'm in Gan Eden. I'm saying over what I'm hearing. So just write down what I said. That's what the Rebbe said. That's what a Maimur Chassidus is. So that's why the Rebbe are in a different place when they're saying a mimer. The Rebbe, if you've seen, you've seen the Rebbe say sikhas, you've seen many, many videos. The Rebbe's looking around, and the Rebbe's eyes are open. Right? The Rebbe's hands are above the table always when the Rebbe says a sikha. Right? During a mimer, the Rebbe's hands were always below the table. Wouldn't let us see his hands because the Rebbe would wrap that thing around. He didn't want anybody to see that. And, uh, and the Rebbe's eyes were closed. And there was a different nigan also. Completely different nigan. So sometimes they put in the Yiddish. I don't, you know, I, I don't. I wish, you know, if someone wants to write a PhD on why Yiddish is sometimes, I mean, the, the Rebbe said those words, but say there, we already said it in translated form. So why is it being said again? Don't know. But sometimes that's what happens in the printed mimer. 
<coughs> so, so the Rebbe says the person hasn't made himself over, meaning he still has the same desires, hasn't changed himself. So then what might he say? He says, so then my behavior is going to reflect where I'm holding. No. He does his Aveda in the, in the way of Kabbalah soul, meaning in his emotional state, might not, he's, he's, he might not be emotionally connected to this, feeling it, etc., etc., but he does what he does because he understands that that's what's supposed to be done and that's what's right and that's what's true, that's what's healthy and that's what's good. Shari ben relative to actual behavior, actions, Kiyuma mitzvahs, which means the performance of mitzvahs, v'sur meira, turn away from evil, v'asay tev, and do good. E efsher lahamtin, a person can't wait ad shiyashan esatzma until he changes himself. A person who has to stop smoking cigarettes because he just had a heart attack, God forbid. Okay, so what does he do? So he waits until he feels like it. He reads books and he works on it. And then once he feels like it, like it resonates with him, so then he stops smoking cigarettes. That's what he does. Well, he doesn't do that because if he does it that way, he's dead before it resonates with him, right? What does he do? Stop smoking cigarettes. What does he want? Smoke cigarettes. How does he relate to himself still? Cigarette smoker. He still still relates to himself as that. Right? Okay. Hasn't changed his ritzenes. Hasn't changed his midas. Right. But what? He wants to live. So the doctor told him, look, you, you, you want to die, so keep smoking cigarettes. You want to live, so you better stop. And you know what? We're going to change your diet also. Okay, so now he's, he's all of a sudden he's eating like, you know, some vegan guy or something, right? And he's, he's this, you know, crazy football fan who, you know, likes to drink beer and scream at the television. And all of a sudden he's this, like, completely chilled vegan, non-smoker, healthy, you know, uh, 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 exerciser. He's got his exercise bike. I mean, he's completely, okay. Now, all of that stuff, his personality is completely changed in a day? Of course not, not even close. But what's he doing? Well, he's doing all that. Why is he doing all that? Because if he doesn't do it, he's going to die. I mean, he's just, you know, he's smart enough to know that. He has enough discipline to do that. Okay, so that's what he does. Right? He doesn't wait around until it, you know, he, he, he hangs around. He doesn't go to exercise. He just goes to the gym and hangs around in the gym to sort of get the vibe for you know, a while, like to you know feel the vibes of the gym. No, he goes and he gets on a bike and he sits there and he's. He might even really be annoyed by the whole thing. Okay, in Yiddish guy, hopefully he's not annoyed by it. But but okay. He does it. Why? Because that's what there is. That's what it is. That's what it has to be. Okay. So that that that's a Kabbalah Zolnik in that realm. I have to do. Why are you doing this? I have no choice. Why are you eating those sprouts? You know. Because I have to. The doc said I have to eat the sprouts. What? No more burgers? No, no more burgers. Can't eat burgers. You know, the guy's still a grubber young, you know. He's got a big MAGA hat, you know. He's our kind of guy. <laughs> Got his big hat, red, right? Okay, but how's he acting? He's acting like some, you know, Portland, Oregon butterfly. Well, that's how he's acting. Why? He's got no choice. Like that's the way it goes. Okay. So now, in positive things, what's true? Tarvet misses. That's what's true. I, I I've completely wrapped my head around that. My emotional state is completely in tune with that. Not necessarily. 
Why? Well, because I'm not there yet. I'd like to get there. I'd love to be there. But is that where I am? No. But does that mean I don't do what's supposed to be done? We still have to do. I mean, I'm not talking about me. So I have to do what has to be done. Well, that's called, that's called Kabbalah soul. That's the beginning of the relationship. In a marriage, you always feel like showing love and devotion to your wife? No. Sometimes you're not inspired. Why not? Well, because you're too into yourself and you're not into her right now. Because you got stuck in yourself. Okay, fine. So what do you do? You do what husbands do. Hi, sweetie, how are you doing? I see you had a rough day yesterday, huh? Do you care as much as you usually care? No, why not? Because you're stuck in yourself. You should care. You know you should care. You're just stuck in yourself. Why? Because that happens sometimes. Right? Okay. Not that that's good. It's terrible. It's horrible. But that's what happens. It means you're a horrible person. It doesn't mean you're a horrible person. Right? The closest you might get to a horrible person is when you can't overcome that and actually treat your wife right. You have to take out your hang-ups on her, so then you're a creep. <laughs> nice people are nice even when they don't feel good. Everybody's nice when they feel good. Everybody's nice when they're in a good mood. Genghis Khan is a nice guy when he's in a good mood. Oh, you want a village? Take a village. It's yours. Ho, ho, ho. And then he you know, chops off the head of the guy next to him just for fun. He's a nice guy in a good mood. When he's in a bad mood, better stay out of his way, I'll kill you. So he's not a nice person. Nice people are nice all the time. Right? Why? Because they understand that being nice is, the, you know, being nice and caring and warm and right, is, 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 is important. Okay, so they feel like it. It doesn't make them feel like it. That's what's supposed to be done. How do you treat people? Properly. I don't feel like it today. So what? <laughs> Who cares? Right? Okay, I don't feel like taking care of my children today. Oh, okay. Okay, kids. Take care of yourselves. Here, how old are you? Two? Well, feed yourself. Doesn't work that way. Okay. That's called Kabbalah soul. That's called being an adult. So it doesn't mean I've necessarily brought about great change in myself. Yet, meaning the way the change is going to happen, interestingly enough, is through the Kabbalah soul. Because the change is going to happen by virtue of uh, one of the ways change happens. Obviously, change <coughs> happens from the inside out. There's that aspect <coughs> of change. But there's also change that happens on the outside in, that I become accustomed to certain behavior that becomes more and more who I am and how I relate to myself. At some point, that cigarette smoker will not relate to himself as a cigarette smoker. Why? Because he forced himself to stop. He didn't feel like it when he wanted to. But now he'll find cigarettes as disgusting as everybody else, right? Non-cigarette smokers find the smell absolutely abhorrent. Right? When a smoker who just had a cigarette walks by, it's just oh, like an ashtray just walked by them. It's a really disgusting smell. Cigarette smokers don't smell it because their sense of smell is completely wiped out by the cigarettes anyway, so they can't even smell it. They don't taste anything. They don't smell anything. Okay, fine. The rest of the world finds the smell disgusting, right? What will happen to the cigarette smoker after he's forced himself to stop, which is not really what he wants to do? That'll, that'll bring about that change over time that he'll also find it rather disgusting. Right. At the beginning, you'll hear, you'll smell a cigarette and go, oh, boy, would I like to smoke a cigarette. Right. That's what happened at the beginning. A few years later, oh, who's, who's smoking in here? Right. Yesterday, walked in the kitchen, a bunch of people mentioned the same thing. Someone had a cigarette in here. It, had that, it just stunk in the dining room. Obviously, someone in the kitchen had, had a cigarette and the smell wafted into the dining room. Stunk. Right. Okay. That happens after time. Mm-hmm. So that's Kabbalah's own. That's the beginning of it all. Right? 
He doesn't wait until he's changed. As he is in his original state, as he is, meaning in the state as he is. He has to do what he has to do. Right? So he does it. Now, yesterday, I don't know what we talked about in Shir, we talked about it after Shir, but it's just important to say, the, the sociological balchuva, or anybody bringing about real change in themselves, obviously those changes have to be done in a healthy way, in a gradual way. Right? person can't say, okay, I, I, God's true, mitzvahs are right, and all of a sudden it, it, it demand of himself to do everything exactly the way it's supposed to be done immediately. That's unreasonable. Right, the same way it's unreasonable in Gashmias. I, mean, I don't. I, I don't think it was in Shir. I think it was just a conversation after Shir. Right, but it's just important to be said in order that people stay healthy. Right, if you if you decide that you're going to exercise, so it's a bad idea and it's bad for your body to go run five miles that day. That's not good for you. Right. Well, wait a minute. I I, I want to get to the point where I can run five miles three times a week. Yeah, that's great. How long is that going to take? Quite a while. Go talk to someone who knows how this works and say, well, what should I do first? He'll probably say, I don't know, run a kilometer and a half the first day really slowly. Maybe even, you know, run a kilometer, walk a half a kilometer, and then run another one or something. You know, whatever. He'll, he'll do something rarely, fairly easy. Till sooner or later, the person will work up to five miles a day, three times a week. Right? Five miles, three times a week. Okay, fine, good. That's what he starts with? That's terrible for him. It's not, it's not that it's not good for him. It's bad for him. Now, I don't exactly understand how physiologically it's not good for him, but it's not. It won't help. It won't help his heart-lung function. It won't help his knees. It won't help anything. It's just bad for him. Bad idea. So when he, when he, when he wants to work up to a state where he's actually healthy, what should he do? Well, he should find out what's a reasonable regimen for him to do at the beginning and, and do that and slowly but surely add things until he's doing something that someone who might be called healthy, is, 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 that's what they do. Okay, fine, that'll take a while. So do in Ruchnius. I know what's true, I know where I want to get, but that doesn't mean I'm necessarily at the point where I can do that right now without, you know, without blowing a fuse. Right, okay, so such a great door, yay! Right, so so that that's something that's that's very important. But a, a person has to be able to keep a balance because they can't be too easy on themselves either, or else they're selling themselves short. Right. Certain things, right away. That cigarette smoker, stop smoking cigarettes. Okay, someone's getting at the Yiddish card. What's the first thing you tell them? Shabbos. Shabbos and Kashrus, no Psharis, no, no compromises. Just you better start keeping Shabbos. Why? Because if you don't keep Shabbos, it's it's Pasha, it's just you're just killing yourself. It's just so unbelievably unhealthy not to keep Shabbos if you're a Jewish person. That's just the way it is in metaphysical terms. Okay. Does that mean people who don't keep Shabbos are horrible, terrible people? No, of course they're not horrible, terrible people. There's one they can be wonderful, amazing, incredible people. Is it good for them? It's terrible for them. Are there nice cigarette smokers? Of course there's nice cigarette smokers out there. I don't understand whether everybody who smokes cigarettes is a creep. No, but is it good for them? It's terrible for them. They're killing themselves. Why would anybody do that? It's just the stupidest thing in the world to do in today's world because everybody knows how bad it is for you. Why would anybody do that? <coughs> Stick your mouth over the exhaust pipe of an engine of a car right, and go, oh, wow, this is fun. Right? Why would anybody do that? It's stupid. Right? Okay. Again, we know how bad it is. We know today. When I grew up, no one knew. No one knew. Right? My parents weren't smokers. What did they have in the living room? They had a jar of, uh, 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 you know, a little 
you know, one of those little clay things or metal things, what they call it. A, a tray. Yeah, but they had a tray of candies, and they had a little <coughs> cup with cigarettes in it. So people would come and take a cigarette like they take a candy. That's everybody. Every living room had that. And there would be a lighter there on the table. <coughs> they weren't smokers, but you just put out cigarettes for people because then everybody figured out, <laughs> whoa, in the 60s, they started realizing, wait a minute, this is really not doing very good things to people's bodies. And so it, it changed. The whole thing changed. Then they put these, you know, drastic warnings on the cigarette. It's like a little heavier. Oh, do you know you're killing yourself? Oh, cool. Yeah, here's, here's $25 for the three of them. <laughs> <laughs> right. so, but, but no one knew. Right? It took a while. <coughs> My father was a doctor. He smoked 50 cigarettes a day, evidently. It was, which is just crazy. But it, when he, you know, my father's the kind of guy when he, if he did something, did it with gusto. So it, it, I, I don't know how you have time to do that, but he just smoked like incredible amounts of cigarettes, evidently. So uh, he did some, once he was in a hospital, he was working in the hospital, and there was some, they came up with some test about the effect of cigarettes on people. So he did the test for fun. So, so you, you, you tested something, you put your hand in some machine and you tested something, and then you smoked a cigarette and you tested it again, and the tests were just disastrous, and he, he quit, again, he's that kind of guy. He quit, cold turkey, that's it, no more cigarettes. Ah, the test, the test was a complete and total farce. The test was, an, the, whole, the whole thing was found to be an absolute farce. It meant nothing. It was, it was fake, the test. It didn't really work. Right? <laughs> they found that out like a year later. But it got him to stop smoking cigarettes, so he was more than happy. Thank you very much. I, 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 I feel bad about the table, but I feel worse about the fact that that was a good cup of coffee that just ended up on the table. Talking <laughs> about my father and his cigarettes. He was the ultimate anti-smoker when I knew him. He quit, he quit uh, in 1953, you know, which was a long time ago. He started smoking in the army. Like Sorry. I didn't no get you, right? No, you didn't. Okay. So the table's awake now. Okay. <laughs> the table starts jumping around and getting excited, so we'll know that it worked. It's good coffee. Brazilian. Okay. What do they do? The samba? The table starts doing the samba. Okay, I've stopped my tirade against cigarettes. <laughs> but you know, one of those tirades, two years after one of those tirades in class, one of the, no, a year after one of those tirades in class, one of the guys came up to me, Ben Shannon, came up to me and said, uh, Rabbi, I just want you to know it's a year since I quit smoking. I said, really? You quit smoking? He said, yeah, after one of your tirades, I decided I was going to try to quit, and I quit, and it's been a year, and I want to thank you. And he hasn't smoked since. I, I could say the same thing for Kamishu <laughs> <laughs> It's also good for you. <laughs> Different way. But, uh, I don't think you have to be stupid not to learn Kamishu Rashi. I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's in, in the way the world works, it's perfectly reasonable for someone to not come to the conclusion that they have to learn Kamishu Rashi. You have to believe in something. Cigarettes, I just, it just doesn't make any sense in this day and age that anybody should smoke cigarettes because they just, everybody knows how it's absolutely just push it terrible for you. Like, why would anybody do that? I understand it must have some pleasure, but you just, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. Oh, it's not going to, you know, not going to get me. Of course, it's not going to get you when you're 25. Mind? Not a problem. The question is, are you going to make it to your grandchildren's weddings? You'll be at your children's weddings. That's not a problem. Cigarette smokers make it to their children's weddings. They just don't make it to their grandchildren's weddings. Don't they want to be at their grandchildren's weddings? 
Well, they don't know the grandchildren yet. Wait until you meet your grandchildren. You're going to want to be at their wedding. Now, that means you have to hang around a while. Now, there's no guarantees, right? The Abishter runs the world. He does whatever he wants. But, you know, all things being equal, LP Teva, you have a better chance. My wife, emergency medicine, she worked for, well, she still does it. Now it's, well, now, now it's called urgent care, which she does. But she used to work in emergency medicine on an, on an intensive care ambulance. Because right? in, in, doctors were paid so poorly that they could afford to put a doctor on the intensive care ambulance. So when the ambulance came to, you know, serious cases, the, the, so there was a doctor there, not just paramedics. So, um, so she said that in, in 15, 20 years, I mean, she worked there 15 or 20 years, that uh, never once did she have a case of a pulmonary edema, which is, you know, someone laying on the floor frothing at the mouth because their lungs are full of water because they're not working properly, which is a complication of smoking. Um, never once did she have someone in, in, in having a pulmonary edema under the age of 55 who was not a cigarette smoker in 20 years, not once. And what used to happen? My wife is not a wallflower. What used to happen? So she'd be working on this guy trying to resuscitate him. On the, you know, There's a whole seven working on him trying to bring him back to life and get him to a hospital and save his life. And, this, and the kids are sitting watching, right? The kids are nervous. And of course, what are the kids doing while they're nervous? Over their father, who's on the ground foaming at the mouth, right? So, so my wife, being you know, so shy that she wouldn't say hello to anyone, she turns around and says, keep doing that, that's you in 30 years. And she said, get out of here right now with those cigarettes, out. I mean, the last thing he needs right now is all that stuff around. Yeah. Out of here. But she used to say that to them first. This is you in 30 years if you keep doing that. So that scares people. Good, Baruch Hashem, people should be scared. Now, if we could see that with a vapors, we'd probably be pretty firm, right? <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't need Kabbalah's over. Just, whoa, whoa. No, I'm just going to say, no, I'm not doing that. Okay, say that. That's what we're trying. We're trying to sensitize ourselves to that relative to spiritual reality, that, that in, you know, spiritual health is dependent on how we act. Okay. So, so a person can't wait. And that's called Kabbalah Zol. Tzarek Lavid Avedosu B'Kabbalah Zol. V'cheinu, five lines up. V'cheinu B'Seder Avedu B'Chol Yom V'Yom. So too, the Seder Avedu B'Chol Yom V'Yom. Every day. It's the, the beginning of Avedu, the Rebbe just said, in, in, in general terms, is Kabbalah Zol. That's the beginning of the relationship. The commitment to the idea. Now, again, that, that commitment, I understand what truth is and I understand what I'm striving for. That doesn't mean I, I think I'm going to be there today and I have to accept my inability to be there today and push myself to do as much as I can do, but uh, you know, be very careful to push myself on one end but not blow a fuse on the other. That's a very, that's a, a, a balance that a person has to keep in their Aveda. The <coughs> Chenu Similarly, in the Aveda of every day, the beginning of Aveda Sayyim, Ibamir's Meidani. What's the first thing we do every day? Meidani. What's Meidani? Kabbalah Zol. I haven't thought about anything. I haven't come to any deep intellectual or emotional conclusions. I'm barely aware of my own existence. Right? I've finally stopped pressing snooze. And I've made the decision that I'm actually going to get out of bed. Okay, so first thing, meidani lefanecha. What? I'm a meide. Hayda. Hayda is kabbalah <coughs> Thanks, but also a level of 
submission. To be made there to something means you submit yourself to that thing. Right? If you're made there in an argument, what does that mean? That means you agree with the person. Right? Okay. Hoda'a. Hoda'a is the first level of Aveda. <coughs> in the spheres, so when you're counting spheres, so hoid shebe, hoid is the last level of actual aveda, and then yisoid and malchus, yisoid is to connect to that level, and malchus is to bring that level into thought, speech, and action. But hoid is the lowest level of aveda itself. And what's that hoda'a? <coughs> Right? Rebbe talks about it in my Maimarim. We might learn a Maimar later in the year after Pesach about the Svirah Seymar, specifically Lag Beimer. Lag Beimer is Hoid Sheba Hoid. Which is like Medim Durabanan. Medim Durabanan, what do you say? Medim Anachnu Lach, and then you say all sorts of things. And why are you Medim? Al Shanachnu Medim Lach. Why are we Medim? Because we're Medim. That's what it says, right? You say that every day. Unless you're davening from the Amid. Right? Say it every day, a couple times. Meidim anachnu lach, etc., 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 etc. Al sha'anu meidim lach. We're meidim because we're meidim. That's hoid jibahid. There's no... The, all there is is a basic recognition of the eibishter as eibishter. No sophistication to it, nothing. Just that recognition. That's the beginning of it all. It's the first step. <coughs> the eibishter is the eibishter. That's the way it is. It's his ball, it's his rules. Similarly, when we start davening, what's the beginning of davening? Start davening by saying, Haidu. And then what? Baruch Shammah. At the end of Baruch Shammah, what do you do? Kiss your titsas. So it's me, Haidu at Kush. Like the Megillah. That's how you know that the way that Svardim and Chassidim Davin is the right way. Because it's first Mihoidu and then Adkush. Not Baruch Shamar, then Hoidu. Ashkenazi Minyan is, Minag is first Baruch Shamar and then Hoidu, right? They say Mizmar Shir Chanukah Zbazla Davi, then Baruch Shamar, then they start Hoidu. So that's Mikush Ad Hoidu. That's not what it says. It says Mihoidu Adkush. Mihaidu at kush. First haidu and then a kush. Okay, so what's the beginning of davening? Haidu lavana. Sha'oid lifnei hizbeinunus the psukit azimra. Before the hizbeinunus of psukit azimra. Before the meditation of psukit azimra. <coughs> what are we doing in psukit azimra? We're, we're relating to the greatness of a Kodesh Baruch as it's expressed by the angels in, in terms of God's creating the world, etc. That's psukit azimra. And before these Bainus, an even deeper level of Birchas Kriyushma. Because Birchas Kriyushma is also relating to a Kaddish Baruch in terms of creation and also relating to a Kaddish Baruch Hu's great love for us. And that, hopefully, arouses in us a love for Him. Shema Yisrael, Before that, contemplation. And then Kriyushma. And Shema Nesra. What's the first thing we do? What's the beginning of it all? is an, a notion of submission to something. Thanks. I mean, if you if you give thanks to something, then you, you're expressing a certain pittle to that person. Right? That's why some people have a hard time saying thank you because they can't admit that they needed something from someone. 
to a certain extent, they're bottled to that person. That's what thank you is. Thank you, meaning I needed that. I, I, I'm de- I was dependent on you for that. Thank you very much. Okay, fine. That's what hoda'a is. So that level of submission, that's the beginning of a Veda, every, in, 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 in terms of a Veda in general, but also in terms of a Veda in every single day. We start with Maida Ani, and then a more sophisticated Veda, after we've learned Chassidus, there's the Veda of Hedu Levaya, right? But that itself is the beginning of a, of a process of contemplation that ends up with the Bittl of Shmanesra, standing silently, feet together, praising a Baruch Shazuya Veda B'der Kabbalah Sol Dafka, and that's Kabbalah Sol. So that's Yira, and that's the beginning of it all. Amnam, which usually means we're going to learn something else, right? However, Kev and Shah Posig Vervadadim as a Vailukechem. Since this Posig Vervadadim as a Vailukechem, Kai is relevant. Gam also al Inyanat Filo. Right? The Posig Vervadadim as a Vailukechem is a Posig that's connected to the notion of Tfila, as we're going to see. As a matter of fact, it's the source of the mitzvah to daven. Right? How do we know there's a mitzvah to daven from this pasuk? We'll see. Kamesha Kosovo Rambam, like the Rambam says in the beginning of Hilchus Tefillah, mitzvah's ase lispalo. The Rambam holds that davening is a mitzvah's ase minatara. Davening once a day is a mitzvah's ase minatara. The Ramban holds that davening is a mitzvah derobanan, and the mitzvah derobanan is to daven twice a day. Everybody agrees Marv was, you know, so to speak, added later. Meaning Marv was something that we could do but didn't have to do, and we took it upon ourselves as, as obligatory. But it was what was called a reshus, something we had permission to do, but we didn't have to. Right? But we, now you do. We took it upon ourselves, and so now everybody davens Marv. Right? But the, the Rambam holds the minatari you have to daven once a day. That's the, that's the chi of the rice. According to the Ramban, there is no chi of to daven, in terms of what you and I call, you know, organized davening, that there's no chi of deraisa, it's all derabonin, and that's twice a day, right? What is the chi of tadavin according to the Ramban? Tadavin in times of trouble. That's the chi of deraisa. That if you're in a time of trouble, you have a chi of deraisa, tadavin, to God's miracle. That's what you should do, right? Okay, be'est sara. But davening every day is a din derabonin. Okay. So, that has ramifications for women, Right. If it's a din derisa, you have to daven once a day, so then it's not shazman grama, so the women would have the din derisa to daven once a day, like anybody else. It's not time-oriented. You can daven any time you want during the day. Right. Okay, So women, theoretically, according to that, should daven once a day. Right. According to the Ramban, the basic takana of the Chachamim was to daven twice a day, and and many, many Pesachim hold that that included women. So women daven twice a day. Some women, right? Some women daven three times a day. That's very rare. Meaning that the fact that we took it upon ourselves means the whole Jewish people, including women. But that, that's a very, that's a, the, most positions aren't that. But in, in Lubavitch, women daven twice a day. They daven shachos and mincha. Right? There are many women who daven once a day, based on the Rambam. <coughs> what? Once a day, whenever. They choose? Yeah, whatever they do, yeah. Meaning, mean, when you say daven, you mean Shmon Esra. Oh. Right? So they daven Shmon Esra once a day. It depends when. If it's in the afternoon, so then they probably won't say Birchus Kriyashma and all that. Unless they're a Lubavitcher. Mm-hmm. Right? But, but um, women time doesn't really matter. Yeah. Right? I mean, even the women who daven twice a day, they daven twice a day. Not at night. Day. Right. Not at night. Right? Generally, in the Lubavitch, people, the women daven twice a day. 
Right? But the Rambam says, Mitzvah Sase Lispal. It's a Mitzvah Sase to Davin. Shinemar. What's the Pasuk? Our Pasuk. Vavadim is a Valakechem. It's the source of the mitzvah of davening. How do we know? So the, the, the Rambam, this is all the Rambam. The next three, four lines are all going to be the Rambam. Mipia Shmua, the Rambam says this. Based on tradition, Lamadnu, we learn. What is this Vavadatim as Serve God. What's this service? Vavedazui Tfilo. It's davening. Shanemar, as it says, Ula Avdei Bechol Serve him with all your heart. Oh, and what is the service of the heart? Amru Chachamim. Ezi Avedeshabalev. This is all the Gemara that the Rambam quotes. Ezi Avedeshabalev. Zutfilo. That's Tfilo. Right? Serve God with your heart. What do you do with your heart? You daven. That's why davening is so hard. Right? It's easier to do things with our hands than with our heart. <laughs> to get our heart to actually mean what we're saying is very, very difficult for us. To get my hands to take some leather straps and wrap them around my arm is not difficult at all. Right? Go out and make people daven in the middle of the street. That would be hard to get people to do that. Why? Well, you, you know, there has to be a certain amount of connection, right? Do an action, put on tefillin. What does it mean? It's not a big deal. It's an amazing thing to do. It's incredible, but it's, it's not hard. Right? To have all of the proper intentions of a chulif, that's hard. But the mitzvah is to wrap the straps around your arm. Everybody can do that. Okay. So therefore what? Vavadim, our Pasuk, is the source of tefillah. Okay, so what? Where's the Rebbe going with this? Let's keep going. Move on. Therefore, it's understood. Since this Pasuk is the source of the mitzvah of tefillah, move on. that in this, meaning in this Pasuk, nichlau, it's incorporated, it's included. Neisaf ala veda in addition to the veda of yira, which is reishis aveda v'yikara v'sharsha, the beginning of it all, gaminin aveda v'yavah, there's also love. Why? That's what tefillah is. Tefillah is an expression of our love. There is no service like the service of love. Meaning, ultimately, what's tefillah? An expression of our love for Gadish Baruch. But if I don't feel that love, I still have to daven. Okay, but I, I, davening means I'm expressing my love for Gadish Baruch. Well, that's again, that's why davening is hard. I may not feel that love. Okay, so then it's going to be hard for me to properly daven. So in the course of davening, we try to arouse that feeling of love. Say there, okay, does it always work? Well, there's no need for show and tell, right? Everybody knows whether it does or it doesn't in their own life. Okay? Certainly not always. Does it ever work? Interesting question. Okay? So, so I mean, it, it, it's supposed to. If it doesn't work, it's my problem, not davening's problem. All right? So, so the, that means that our Pasuk, since it's the source of davening, and davening is all about expressing love, so that means the need for loving a Kodesh Baruch is also included in the Pasuk. So the Aveda is not simply Yira, it's also Av. That's what the Rebbe just said. Right? When we say, what does that mean? That means to serve God with Kabbalah's old, that's the beginning of it all, but ultimately what are you trying to come to? A state of love. To love a Kodesh Baruch and we understand what love means, hopefully, because we've experienced it to other things. Therefore, we can imagine what that experience means relative to a Kaddish Baruch. <clears throat> what does this mean, the Rabbi says? Pu'ula satfila, the action of tfila. He, or the effect in this context is really, the effect of tfila. 
It affects the Nebuch HaLukis. Ein and the Nebuch HaBamis. It's both the Nebuch HaLukis and the Nebuch HaBamis. The, the animal soul is also affected by our tefillah. Ki, why? Ki tefillah hu miloshin teifel. Tefillah is from the language tofel. Tofel means to braid. To what? Braid. Join together. Shuinyin chibur. Connection. Shal yoda, that through tefillah, what do we bring about? Nasis, it's brought about as ischabrus, the connection of the nefesh alokis, of the godly soul, with its source. I mean, the godly soul wants to be connected to its source in elokus, its source in godliness. Ah, it's found down here in a body, and it finds that, uh, sometimes it finds that a very, very difficult thing, meaning it, it does it, Kabbalah's all right? It's down here because the Abishta wants it down here and it's supposed to bring about what it brings about down here and to illuminate the world and get the Nebuchadnezzar and the goof on board. Okay, but that's not always easy for the Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar encounters all sorts of things down here that it finds just abhorrent. Okay. So what does the Nebuchadnezzar want? It wants to reconnect to its source. So what, what's the most powerful way for it to reconnect to its source? Daven wants to express its love for the Nebuchadnezzar. Kaddish Baruch expresses his love for us by giving us things, Torah and mitzvahs. We express our love for Kaddish Baruch by giving him things, davening. Davening is milamata lamayla, from below above. It's all us. There's no props. Kaddish Baruch doesn't even give us props. Mitzvahs, he gives us all sorts of props to to express our connection to him. So it's all him giving us this ability to connect to him. I'll give you this amazing thing, which means nothing per se, but it happens to be a mitzvah, so it means everything. But the action itself is of no importance whatsoever. I want you to take black boxes with leather straps and wrap them on your arm. Now, if that's not a mitzvah, it's a completely <coughs> and totally useless, unimportant act. I want you to take a green stick and a lemon and shake it back and forth. Completely useless thing to do. Do it today. Waste of time. What are you doing? I'm shaking Lula of an Why are you shaking Lula of an Someone's going to shake Lula of an It's a complete waste of time. It has no meaning. doesn't connect you to anything. It's just a dumb thing to do. Why would someone take a green stick and a lemon and shake it back and forth with a serious look on their face? Why, what are you doing? Oh, do that in circus? Unbelievable. Beyond belief. Beyond infinite, what that thing is. It connects you to Atmos. Right? Our, our mind. Our mind. Connects you to Atmos. It's, 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 it's unimaginable what that action does. Do it today? Completely meaningless. Right? Okay, put black boxes on your arms at a time when you're not high enough to put on filling at nighttime? Completely meaningless. Right? Okay, because the action itself has no meaning. What gives it meaning? The mitzvah gives it meaning. The fact that the Abish said to do this, that's what gives that action meaning. Now, there are actions in the world that have meaning without the mitzvah. Giving stoka, you and I would say that that's a positive thing to do, even if I didn't have a mitzvah. It's positive to go help another person. So there's certainly actions like that, all sorts of them. And there are also mitzvahs. But there's all sorts of mitzvahs that are completely meaningless, if not for the fact that a Kodesh Baruch Hu said, do that mitzvah, that turns it into the most important thing imaginable but only because of the input from above. The thing itself has no meaning whatsoever. But the Abishur said to do it, so now it's beyond meaning. It's so incredible. Okay. Davening? Davening comes from us. Davening's, there's no props. The Abishur didn't give us anything. There's words that we have. Okay, those words help us, hopefully. 
Some people find those words limiting, but they have to learn how to use those words to, to express what has to be expressed. Because that's what God wants to hear. Okay, so, but, but it all comes from me. That's why it's so hard. It's from below. Connects my Nefesh Elokis to its source. My Nefesh Elokis wants to daven. But does my Nefesh Bahamis want to daven? Which is the one who's saying the words. Conscious me is the one who's saying the words. My Nefesh Elokis would love me to be interested in these words. But am I? Well, okay, that's up to my Nefesh Bahamis, isn't it? Just conscious me. So it connects the Nefesh Elokis. There's another aspect of Tefillah. Shal Yoda, that through it, there's a purification or a rectification and a purification of the Nefesh Bahamis. Nefesh Bahamis is elevated. Why? Because the Nefesh Bahamis becomes the vehicle for the expression of the Nefesh Elokis' love for Kaddish Baruch and it gets wrapped up in the love. What? Zikuch is purification. Biwur is rectification. Zikuch is purification. The Nefesh Bahamis is elevated. Because, again, that's what makes davening so hard. Who's davening, ultimately? My Nefesh Bahamis has to daven. Meaning, conscious me, that's my Nefesh Bahamis. To get my Nefesh Bahamis to love a Kodesh Baruch enough to want to say that he's amazing and incredible and just beyond belief. Okay. <coughs> Is my Nefesh Bahamis interested? Well, he might be. But he might lose interest and start thinking about breakfast. Because he likes that, too. Valos also, what does davening affect? Halos and Nitsutzes, it's an elevation of the sparks, the gufa of his body, because his body's davening, and also his portion in the world, meaning that part of the world that is the part of the world that he deals with, that's also elevated, because other but that comes from his davening to a great extent, and we ask for all sorts of physical sustenance during davening. So the physical sustenance that we get is very connected to the davening. So it's elevated by our davening. My chalk of Elam is his portion in the world. I mean, that part of Elam Hazza that's yours. Your clothes and your, your possessions and your time, right? The, the opportunities that you experience, right? The experiences you experience. Walking down the street, running into someone. So that's your chalik in the world. So now what are you going to do with that little chalik of the world? How are you going to use that opportunity, that time? And these two ideas, meaning the notion of this elevation and connection is specific to Ava. We'll just start this and we'll see it. There's no sheer Sunday. Sunday morning is no sheer. Please do review. Love you to come to Zal. Okay? I mentioned you guys, I think, earlier. I'm not here Sunday. The la- hopefully this is the last time. I mean, it's just been... Uh, but I'm I'm, uh, I'm going away just for Shabbos and I'm coming back uh, Sunday morning. I'm coming back, but I don't land until like ten o'clock or something. <coughs> uh, enough of this. I just can't. I, I don't know why I agreed to do this, but uh, get a mileage for a No, I get. I, no, I'm not flying on the airlines that I get miles on. But I, the last two f- travels were on Star Alliance Airlines. Don't worry. I'm gold on Star Alliance. Don't worry. Don't worry. No, I'm flying El Al, which means I'm checking in in cattle. I'll be, you know, I'm in cattle class. So I'm, a, I'm, not a, I'm not a person of any importance whatsoever on El Al. Yeah, I think so. No, I think I get a pole. It's not very far. It's a three-hour flight, so it's no big deal. But uh, 
Yeah. Coming back, actually, on EasyJet, which is even uh, <coughs> more funky. <coughs> then I think, you know, then I think you hold on on the wing. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Little straps on the wing, and you just hold on. If uh, the oxygen comes down, you have to put a coin in for it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, it's pretty cheap, though. That yeah. I mean, I'm not paying, but it's pretty cheap. Right. Okay. So let's just see where where the Rebbe is taking us. The Rebbe is mentioning something about the difference between Ava and Yira that's really fascinating. avoided the Yira. Like we said earlier, regarding the avoid of Yira and Kabbalah soul, and we're stopping in one minute. Levada, if that's the only level of Aveda, it's pot. Now, it doesn't mean by definition I didn't change myself, but it's possible not to change myself. Right? We said that. Right? And I haven't necessarily brought about Bidur Vazikuch, any sort of rectification or purification by Nevishabahamis. Right? We'll talk about this more on, on Monday, but we'll just see it now. As we've, we can see in actuality, B'muchash means we see with our senses. We can see in actuality. There are people, there are people who are just what you and I would call law-abiding. And with a simple Yisbeninus, they can bring themselves to stay away from Averas and do mitzvahs. Now, the Rebbe's not talking about the, the sociological Balchuva, but a kid who grew up in a, in a religious family. Okay, so let's talk about someone else first. A guy who grew up in a non-Jewish family in Nebraska, his name is Clem. Why? Okay, Clem is a law-abiding citizen. Why? It's just the way Clem is. Clem went to grade one, he sat, he listened to the teacher, he did his homework, right? Are there people like that? No, there are people like that. All sorts of people like that. Okay. He did his homework, and Clem grows up, and he gets a degree, and he gets a nice job, and he mows his lawn, and he pays his taxes, and he drives the speed limit, and he uh, votes when he's supposed to vote, right? He's a law-abiding citizen. Did Clem do any work on himself to be a law-abiding citizen? No, it's just who Clem is, right? He's just that way. That's just the way Clem is. Right? Are there people like that? There's lots of people like that. There's also people, lots of people who aren't like that. There's people who are always pushing the envelope and they, you know, they were mischievous in school and they're all, okay, there's people like that too. Right. Those are the, yeah, those are the people we hang out with. Okay, but, but the, 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 well, most ballet troops are like that, right? Because, like, they brought about rather serious changes and they're like, they didn't just sort of do what you're supposed to do and follow along, right? Okay, otherwise. So there's lots of Clems in the world. So let's say Clem isn't Clem. Let's say Clem is Maishi, and he grew up in Borough Park, and he's a law-abiding citizen. So what does he do? He goes to school. He listens in class. He has a bar mitzvah. He puts on tefillin. Gives he grows up. He gives stucco. He davens. He learns. He does what you're supposed to do, right? He's Beseder. <laughs> he's really Beseder. This is the kid you daven for, right? You're davening for kids who will just, you know, it'll be easy for them. In the system, right? You, you want Clem. I mean, he's not Clem, he's Maisha, right? You want this kid. This is the, You're davening for your kids to be, to have, find it easy. And, but has he brought about any change in himself? Not necessarily. Well, we'll see on Monday what the Rebbe says about that. It's really quite astounding, but it's really an amazing idea. Meaning, there could be a non Jewish guy who's just a law abiding citizen. There's lots of them, right? Not so many in New York. Right? Okay, but in the world, there's law-abiding citizens. I think Nebraska is full of them. I think there's all sorts of them. 
They all belong to, you know, some club together, the Lions or the Shriners or whatever, you know, they have some Rotary, the Rotary Club, something. And they go to, you know, college football games together and they, they follow the rules. They always followed the rules. They followed the rules when they were six. They followed the rules when they were 15. They followed the rules when they were 18. They got the degree they're supposed to get and they just followed the rules and they have the job they're supposed to have and they get up every morning and they drive the speed limit to go get the job and then they, and they pay their taxes exactly like they're supposed to pay their taxes. Sounds boring, huh? Very terrible. And they pay their taxes and they vote and they're, and, and they're good people. They're good neighbors. Right? Sounds like you have a mode. They mow their lawn, right? You're supposed to mow your lawn. They mow their lawn. They have a little thing they drive around on the lawn. And, and, and you know, Jim is across the street. Hi, Jim. Hi, Clem. You're mowing your lawn? Yeah, I'm mowing your lawn. Hey, oh, good, hey, huh? Mm-hmm. Right, okay. Okay, so now that guy who grew up in, a, in, in Crown Heights, Borough Park, Meersheim, B'nai Brock, Harnof, Gula, Muncie, L.A., Miami, that kid. He's, he's doing what he's supposed to do. What's he supposed to do? Torah, mitzvahs, has a dafyemi shir, goes to Minyan three times a day, gives staka. He's beside her, right? He's an amazing guy. He really is. He's great. Is it a function of working on himself? No. That's Europe. That's possible in Europe. It's not possible in Abba. The Rebbe's going to explain. You can't love God without work. Because naturally you don't. You're Nefesh Bahamas. Naturally your Nefesh Bahamas loves yourself. Yira? It's all sorts of people who could naturally be Yira Shemani. It's an amazing idea. Right? So that person hasn't worked on themselves. Ki But they're an amazing person. They really are. Not taking anything away from them. But wait until you see what the Rebbe says about that person. It's really quite astounding. Right? One little piece of information, not information, a little food for thought. Yeah, right? When the Malachim complained to Akadosh Baruch that the, why are you giving the, the Torah to these people? They're such low lives that you, the Torah should stay with us. Well, what's one of the things? And the Abraham the said, Moshe knew. <laughs> Talk to them. Right? So what's one of the things Moshe said to them? You don't have parents. You, that too. You can't do it without them. That's true. He said a couple of things. One of them said, Klum Yeshem Yetzahara. You have a Yetzahara? Meaning you can do a Vaida? The whole reason that our service of God is so pleasant to God is because we have a Yetzahara. Don't get all upset about your Yetzahara. Realize that your Yetzahara gives you the opportunity to do something called a Vaida. It's called his Kafi. If you didn't have a Yetzahara, you couldn't do any Vaida then the Torah wouldn't be shared to you. Now, there's people called Siddiqim who help the rest of us, and they don't have a Yitzhar, okay? They worked on it and got rid of it, okay? But the rest of us, what's the reason that what we do finds favor in the eyes of the Kaddish Baruch and connects us to Atzmus? Because we have a Yitzhar. So don't think that the fact that you have a Yitzhar means you're a lowlife and a thief and nothing you can do is of any use. The only reason anything you do is of any use is because you have a Yitzhar. Because if you didn't have Yitzhar, the Ebsha wouldn't give you a Torah. Because what's the Torah for Malachi? Now, that doesn't mean you revel in your Yitzhar. You have to overcome it, which is hard work. But don't be upset that you have one. That's why we got the Torah. It's called the Veda. It's just really quite astounding.
Right, that Yid who walked by the Rebbe who told the Rebbe that he wanted to marry a non-Jewish woman, what did the Rebbe say to him? Jealous. I'm jealous. Ooh, I'm jealous. The Rebbe wants to marry a non-Jewish woman, what did the Rebbe mean? The Rebbe explained it to him. What did the Rebbe say? You can do the Avedavis Kafir. You can serve God by not doing what you want to do. I'm jealous. Wow. <laughs> But Tzemach said that he's jealous of the people who have no cheshit to learn Torah. Because then they can learn Torah because God wants them to. Tzemach said, I love learning Torah. So I... <laughs> you have no cheshit to learn? Baruch Hashem. Now go learn. Ah, oh, the Eivishter just loves it. Not punishing yourself. Not bad. We're not Christians. Right? Right? You said that, not me. Right? That, that, that what? But that's a... Because now you now you're doing the mitzvah because the Abishan wants you to do the mitzvah. Ah, you're supposed to come to a point where you love the Abishan. Right, that's the hard work. That's the Ava. Okay, but don't get all upset that there's something called a Veda. Meaning, most of us are not that law-abiding citizen. Most of us have a Yitzharda and find necessary to overcome it. Okay, that's a Veda. That's what the Abishan wants. What if it isn't there? What if the person's just naturally inclined to do what's okay? So now that person has a harder time serving God because he's got, he's got to really bring about change in himself. Okay. Have a wonderful Shabbos.